Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Man, we're so excited to see you all today. There's a lot of visitors today, too. This is a really exciting day. You guys can all turn to John 15. We're going to be there in a couple seconds. We've been, so far, for the month of May, we've been focusing on this text for the past, this is the third week now. Two weeks ago, we learned that God chose us. God has chosen us for something. Last week, we learned what he chose us for. He chose us to live a bountiful life. God did not choose us and create us, and he didn't call us to him to grit our teeth and trudge through discipleship. He chose us to live bountifully. As people say nowadays, we want to live life to the fullest. That's what God chose us to do. We've also been using this time to teach ourselves how to take our Bible studying a little bit deeper, grow deeper roots just in how we look at the Bible. We've been focusing on, on context. We've been asking ourselves questions like who, what, when, where, why, and how to learn what exactly is going on here to fully understand the scriptures that we're looking at. Right. We've been reading the same scripture, John 15, out of, I think we've read five different translations of the Bible now to just round ourselves out. What is really going on here? We're using this time to teach ourselves how to study the Bible deeper. We're going to read John 15 today, and I'm going to ring out of the King James Version today. Autumn specifically asked me, Alec, read out of the King James. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Old school, that's right. It says... Starting in verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my word abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keepeth my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. 
This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I have commanded thee, that ye love one another. Thank you, Autumn. <laughs> it's nice reading it and being able to follow along word for word, isn't it? <laughs> the reason I wanted to use the King James Version is because as we deepen our study of the Bible, we've been looking at commentary. Even last week, Jaron gave us commentary that was written by Michael Burns, right? And we, we look, and any commentary that was written before 1960, they're going to be reading this version. I wanted to familiarize ourselves with it. You know, it's just a great tool to have. But also, I need, most English-speaking disciples in history, they've read this version of the Bible. This is what led them to God. What better way to connect ourselves with our brothers and sisters that came before us than to read the same exact words that they, that they read? I'm sure Gary and Paul probably, Gary and Paul probably read this Bible too when they were younger. My dad, this is the one that my dad gave me. <laughs> Different Paul, different Paul. The Apostle Paul. Yeah, the Apostle Paul read in the King James Version. Uh-oh, Grace, your phone is locking. That's okay. Today we're going to focus on the idea of pruning. Um, here is the outline of what we're going to look on at today. I want to first take us some time and look at what is pruning. The King James uses the word purging. What is it? How would the disciples have heard what Jesus is saying? What is it in the context of what is going on in the greater conversation, in the greatest context of history? What is Jesus communicating to his disciples? What can we learn from what is going on here? This is going to be our what today. Then I want to talk about why. Why then does the Father prune us? Why is it so important? Why does God feel the need to purge us? And then I'm going to close by talking about a biblical example, our who today, and Simon Peter. How was Peter purged and pruned and cleaned by God, and what result came from that? But since we're focusing so much on learning how to uh, study the Bible and things like that, I wanted to share quickly my uh, resources. These are different papers and sermons that I looked at and stuff. You can take a picture of them. I would actually encourage anybody take a picture of it. There's some really fantastic material. Uh, a lot of these people don't even agree with on anything except for the fact that this is in the Bible. But it's really cool to get these different perspectives and learn about what's going on. And a lot of uh, what I'm talking about today, I've pulled a little bit from different uh, places and then brought it back to the Bible. Okay, here we go. Let's jump in. Something I'm pretty sure that we've addressed so far uh, in, in this conversation, but I want to reiterate is this, that Jesus is talking to specific people. This is, Jesus is talking to the 11 disciples 
and they're on their way, they're walking from the Last Supper to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is using a picture of the known world, vines and vine dressing. This is a common thing in ancient Judea at the time. And the Garden of Gethsemane, that's what it was. It was a garden, a vine, a vine garden, grape garden. And he's talking to them and he's pulling this imagery to paint a picture for the disciples to tell them about themselves. He's telling them something about themselves. I want to take a look at verses 1 to 3 again. It says, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. There are two types of branches in this scripture. There's the branches that bear fruit and the branches that do not bear fruit. Today, we are specifically focusing on the branches that are bearing fruit. If you are interested in the other branches, read some of the things that I just posted or showed you guys. And it says that the vine dresser, who is the father, prunes the fruit bearing, the fruit bearing branches. This word prunes that we read, it translates from the Greek. It translates uh, this word kathairo. Kathairo, and it's basically a word that is used specifically for vine dressing and for gardening. It is the process of removing useless shoots that don't bring any benefit to the branch. Its root word is really interesting, though, is the word clean, which is the same word that is used in verse 3. Um, so it says, you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. So what prunes us and cleans us as Christians are, is the Bible, is the thing, is, is Jesus' words. Now the pruning process that we see in, in, in this context is a very specific process. I've boiled it down to a couple specific, just a couple steps to make it easier for us to understand. Basically, the time period was in early spring when they would go and prune the, prune the branches. That's the time period that we are in right now, that Jesus is walking to Gethsemane. The branches that produced too many buds that were at risk of produce they were at risk of producing poor quality fruit, and so they were trimmed, but there was a, a very specific place they had to trim them because if you trim too much, the grapes got disgusting and unusable. The condition for optimum grape growth was when the vine had the proper amount of fruit. So it had to be the right amount of fruit, but also they had to be spaced out enough so that the wind and the air could blow through it. Um, and that's what kept the fruit clean. That kept the fruit clean. So they were cleaned by the vine dresser. The air kept it clean. Something that I thought was really neat that I wanted to share with you guys is that the word that's same word that means wind and air is the same word that means spirit in Greek. So it's an interchangeable word. So the branch is trying to grow too much fruit at once. It's fruit. It's pruned and then kept clean by the wind. And as Jesus is talking to his disciples through the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's pulling this imagery and point, he's able to point to specific things saying, this is me, this is you, this is what the process is being done to you. That guy is the Father. We're pruning you and cleaning you and the Spirit is able, the, by the Word, the Word is pruning you by the Father and it is keeping you clean through the Spirit to produce higher quality fruit. And so Jesus knows exactly where his disciples are at this point. He knows 
exactly what is about to happen to him. In about three hours, he is going to be arrested. He is going to be executed. And in a couple days, he is going to rise again from the dead. And in about 50 days, he's going to ascend into heaven and leave his church to these 11 people right here. And they are all hours away from experiencing the greatest failure of their life. And Jesus makes this promise to them. If you remain in me, you will bear fruit. If we remain in Christ, we will bear fruit. But it's going to be the fruit that the Father prunes and the Father wants and the Father cleans and he trains through this process of pruning. So that's what pruning is. So why? Why does the Father prune us? I have a story to tell you. If you've ever been over to my house, you have, may have noticed that there's this jade plant that my wife has. And this plant she got about four years ago when she was moving her sister Monica to, to college in Stevens Point. And since we've gotten married, I think probably when she moved to Kalamazoo, certainly when we got married and we moved in together, this plant was not healthy. It was not doing good at all. I have a picture of, of it. You can see that it's, it looks at first glance like it's in, in good shape, but then it's, you got these strings wrapped around it. Its branches are going all wild and crazy. We had to have it pushed in the corner to keep it up so that it didn't fall apart because it was growing so large, it was, it was actually killing itself. It was not able to live without these strings attached. And I remember... For weeks and weeks, there was a, like a point in time where this jade plant was on and off the conversation, like the topic of conversation. Um, and as we kind of were figuring it out, I noticed Grace really did not want to prune this thing. She was putting it off for as long as she possibly could. And I want to explain why. She loves this plant. We don't have kids. She's had this plant for four years. It was with her from... Madison, I think she got it in Milwaukee, so Milwaukee to Madison and now Kalamazoo, and now this place in Kalamazoo. It's been with her for so long, longer than she's been a disciple, and, and like, she loves this thing, and she did not want to hurt it. She didn't want to, like, accidentally kill it. Um, she had this desire that it was going to fix itself. She had this desire, it was going to, maybe, maybe it'll just grow and, and it'll fix itself. And I remember there was one day, we're sitting on the couch, and I remember it so vividly. We're sitting on opposite sides of the couch, and there were tears being shed, and there were prayers being called out to God about the plant because that was the day, and from my understanding, that Grace finally realized if the plant does not get pruned, it is going to die. And so what happened was about three weeks after that, Grace spent... All her, a lot of her free time, reading articles, looking at videos of people pruning jade plants, the best way to do it, where to cut, where not to cut, how to do this, that, or the other thing, because she wanted to make sure when, I, when she did it, she did it right, and it didn't completely kill the plant. And so the day came, and this is what it, oop, wrong, uh, this is what it looked like afterwards. And... At first glance, then you do a before and after, it looks like it's completely massacred. An untrained eye might look at that and think, 
holy smokes, did she even care about that thing? She just <laughs> chopped it down like crazy. I know if I was pruning this thing, I would not have, I would have just went, I would not have looked like this. I can tell you that much. Probably would have had some more growth on it. But I was there when she did it. And I promise you, every single cut was calculated and extremely intentional with a very specific desire to allow this thing to grow and to grow properly. I lost my spot here. (laughs) If this is how much love and care and intent goes into Grace pruning her jade plant, how much more love and care and intent goes into the pruning of us by our Father who is in heaven? I said if I had pruned this thing, it would have looked a lot different. That's because I really didn't care about it. I would not have pruned it this much. It would have looked a lot better, probably at first. But I didn't really care about it. Grace pruned a lot of it because she really deeply cared about it. Here's what it looks like now. I keep on doing the, this is what it looks like now. You can see that there's all sorts of growth on it. It's really healthy looking. The leaves are all like full of water. They're sticking up a little bit. It's in really good shape, actually. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting in the household. The father doesn't prune because he's angry. The father doesn't prune because it's, the branch isn't able to stand up, right? The father prunes because he knows that it's able, the plant is able to produce higher quality fruit. In Hebrews 12, in verse 11, it says, it says, no, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. The discipline of God produces fruit. It's never fun, but it always produces fruit. Which leads me to Simon Peter. I want to use this picture and apply it to him. For the first time we meet Simon Peter in the Bible, he is called to Jesus. Jesus calls him from his fishing boat and he is connected to him. He becomes one of these branches connected to the vine. And we see throughout the Gospels, Peter producing fruit. We genuinely see it. Uh, in, in Luke 9, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples and it says that they're able to heal the sick and cast out demons. These are fr- this fruit that Peter is able to do. Again, in Luke 10, he sends out the 72 and he's preaching God's word to these towns Jesus is about to go into. Peter is the only person, not God, that ever walks on water in Matthew 14. And in Matthew 16, when Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say I am? Peter is the one that says that he, you are the Christ. And in that example, in Matthew 16, Jesus actually says to him, that, that, that was revealed to him by the Father who is in heaven. And so when the Passover meal comes in John chapter 13, Peter says that he would lay down his life for Jesus. And Jesus tells him, Peter, you're going to fail. You're actually going to deny me three times. The greatest example of Peter's fruit so far in the Bible is this confession that he's the Christ, but we see that the quality of that fruit actually isn't as high as he probably thinks it is. 
And in John chapter 18, we see this come to fruition. Peter denies that he even knows Jesus. But then we fast forward to John chapter 21. I'll turn there right now. In verse 18, it says, starting in verse 18, Jesus has this, or there's this conversation that Jesus has with Peter where he reinstates him as his disciple. And then right in the middle of that, Jesus says this to him. He says, verily, verily, I'm behind. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when you, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. He says, Peter, there's going to be a time where you actually will die for me. I know you failed before, but you will die the same death that I did because you're not going to fail me a second time. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see, we see the start of the church. The start of the, ch- the church that we are all a part of starts right here in Acts chapter 2. And in verse 36, Peter, Peter says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. God prunes us in so many different ways. Oftentimes, it comes from the form of circumstance. Rough schedule, family issues, money problems. A theologian, his name is Spurgeon, says that God uses the word to prune us, but trials are the block that sharpens the knife. I can't speak for everyone here, But I know, for me at least, the type of cleaning that affects me the most, the the sharpest, the the thing that sharpens the word the most for me is failure. When I have to rely on God to use my failure, and when I have to trust that God will help produce better fruit through my failure. And so I want to ask, if God hadn't allowed Peter to fail to confess his discipleship to Christ when Jesus was arrested, would he have been able to confess Jesus as Lord in Acts chapter 2. And what about in your own life? When you think back, do you recall any seasons of cleaning or purging? And What sort of fruit was produced through that? Perhaps you feel that that season is right now. I want to encourage us to remain, if we remain faithful to Christ, if we remain in Christ, we are promised through the Bible that there will be fruit produced through that. As I wrap up here, I want to leave us with a challenge. Share with someone how God has pruned you and the fruit that was produced sometime this week. And then ask someone what sort of fruit has been produced from God's pruning in their own life. I don't know exactly the nature of every individual person here's relationship with God, but here's a beautiful fact. God has chosen all of us to have the opportunity to live a bountiful, fruit-bearing life. And while being connected to him requires pruning and cleaning and purging, this process always produces sweeter fruit. Amen? I'm going to say a prayer for communion. Father, thank you so much for for Jesus, Lord. 
the, the vine that we can be connected to, God, who's um, the, the, the thing that connects us to you, Father. Without, without the vine, there's nothing to prune, Lord. We're so grateful for that, Lord. I pray that you help us in this time just sit with and, and remember how much you love us, Lord, how much you love us to send Jesus here to bear our, our penalty, Lord, to um, bear, bear the cross so that we have the opportunity to be connected to you, Lord. I, um, we're so grateful for you, Lord, and for, and for the love that you have for us. I, I pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.